Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. As always, it's meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views, although we do look into things that you ask us to look into. If you'd like to support the podcast and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. Right. We always kick off with a bit of news and I have a bit of a mixed reaction to this news story, Chris. Yeah, so I found an article in the um, Sligo Champion uh, newspaper. It's part of the independent group. And they had a, a headline there, Patients Urged Over Provision of a Campervan Site. So I'll read a bit of it and uh, give you a, a feel for what the article is is going on about. But you'll get it at independent.ie. So this is dated November the 12th. So Sligo County Council will wait to see if the influx of domestic tourists in campervans continue into next couple of years before making the decision regarding the development of campervan site in Sligo Town. Following a motion from Councillor Sinead Maguire asking the council to investigate a possible location for campervan air along the quays in Sligo and conduct a feasibility, a feasibility study into its development. Councillor Maguire described the council approach as cautious. Perhaps that is the right approach. Councillor Gore said, she added, I know in this chamber we've had numerous motions in relation to provision of campervan overnight sites. Indeed, we have seen some informal sites being established to meet this need. What we saw in the last couple of years in the camper sites that we have been overwhelmed by the number of people who want to use them. And in particular, Ross's point, where there's a huge amount of illegal camping of campervans. So he said, we have established a need i feel it will be required when we return to normal times this motion comes specifically after a visit to cove county cork where i saw an overnight spot and it was a glorified car park but there was electricity there was water and there was a refuse provision but other than that it was a very small site in an area which was disused i think what they're saying is yes we're looking into it, but they're going to take a cautious approach cautious approach and not going to rush into it you see, the thing is, if they take this cautious approach and leave it for another year, let's say they look into it again this time next year, it's going to be this time the following year again, again, anything's done. They've seen the success of the likes of Cove and there are other places out there. However, there was another councillor, Joe Queenan, who disagreed strongly with making this a priority. I'm of the attitude, build it and they will come. A councillor, Marie Cassidy, went on to say, I disagree with Mr Queenan. And she said that it's not the fact that Mr. Queen had said, let's say we charge 25 euro a night. Again, we pay for water and refuge collection. We're going to be left with like a fiver. And she said, it's not the fee that someone pays when they park up. It's the money that they spend in the area. And this is one of the points that we're trying to get across to councils all over the place. Provided, yes, you're going to have to probably spend 150,000 quid to level the car park and put in facilities. And yes, you possibly can only charge 10 or 15 euro a night, but we will come and we will spend money in your cities, towns and villages. Please take that on board. If there's any councillors listening, that is. Yeah, these are long term investments. They're not going to be investments just for a, a summer of tourism, you know, as the motorhome industry and the, the camping industry kind of grows and grows and grows. People are getting more into it. They're, they're realising 
um, you know, h- how beautiful the country is and you don't really have to go abroad. You know, you can stay I- in your local towns. And I think that's what a lot of campers want. Uh, yeah, it's great to have the places by the beach, but people want to come and park up in the mm-hmm. towns and villages as well, where all the restaurants uh, and bars and museums and all the other facilities, you know. And, you know, Chris, we've been saying since last year that maybe there'll be a slowdown next year because a lot of people bought vans, caravans, tents and stuff like that in in haste because of COVID. I can't see a slowdown next year. Um, I was out today doing some videos, which we'll chat about in a couple of minutes, and I was talking to a, a motorhome salesperson who was saying they still can't get stock. They're still selling new stock. So there doesn't seem to be a slowdown in people buying vans and caravans. Yeah, I think people... People who have bought new new camper vans and motorhomes are starting to see the value and you know how relaxing they are, how great they are for families. You know, uh, I think they're just going to, you know, they're not going to to get rid of them. I think maybe they'll still have their foreign holidays, but every other weekend, I think they'll be uh, away in their motorhome in midweek during the summer as well, and possibly you know people are camping later and later as well. So. Um, I think it's it, it's definitely should be an investment. And I know you mentioned like a hundred grand to, mm-hmm. to put in a site like that. You know, surely a lot of the councils and towns and that would have kind of wasteland, you know, let them start small. All they want is a, you know, maybe a bit of concrete or tarmac and just paint some lines on it. Obviously put in that the, the grey water, but they don't have to, to spend 150 grand. Start with a few spaces, yeah. maybe five to ten spots and then if they're full and they're full all the time, well, then put another 10 in and, and build it that way. And that way, yeah. you know, they're not going to spend an absolute fortune up front. And it's a good way of doing a feasibility study if they just put a few spaces in and see if they're used. The same way that they did in Cork. They put 10 in and now what have they? 31 spots or something in Cork. Anyway, let's something watch like this space and the best of luck to all of the uh, people up in Sligo. And it is a beautiful part of the country. And I honestly do think if you build it, we will definitely come and spend money in your towns and villages. Now, online chatter. chatter. Sorry, I was going to say there's a good bit of chatter online. I think both of us have seen it there about winter camping, Aaron. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a bit of it myself now next week. There's a lot of people, and like you just mentioned in the last story, newbies and established people like yourselves that are going to spend a little bit longer in our vans. In fact, actually, I only spoke to a lady who listens to the podcast, Nicola, who wanted some advice from us about buying a van, and she recently purchased uh, a van. Now, new to them, but it's her first motorhome. And the first thing she says is, can you go camping during the winter? So, yes, you can. Now, we mentioned earlier on that CampingIreland.ie have a specific page of the campsites that are available on the Camping Ireland app that are open all year, but one or two of them, for example, the Glen of Arlow, George, where I always go, he's actually not opening this year. So what we would suggest is if you go on to the likes of Motorhome Crack have lists on their forum, the CampingIreland.ie have a list on their website, just don't arrive because one or two of them have changed and maybe the list hasn't been updated. So yes, there are campsites open, but ring before you arrive. Just don't think, oh, let's go for a spin and you might be disappointed. So just check before you book. Yeah, I think any of the apps and web pages, as you said, will have contact details on them. So it's definitely worth a call. You don't be arriving late on a, a Friday night to find gates all bolted up, you know. Well, I know next weekend I'm going to take a spin down to Ferrybank in Wexford. We've been there loads of times. I'm not going down to make a video. Myself and Charlie are just going to go down for maybe the Friday night and Saturday night. But I know there you, you should ring because they like you to book 
before you can't literally just well you can arrive but they would rather you book so our just a little note that yes it might be open on the website but please do take a look before you book um and that's mostly what i've seen online chatter not much more happening yeah and you mentioned wexford i actually like that campsite because it's so close to the town and that's a classic example of of a campsite you know with good local access like wexford i know is a great little town uh, probably city at this stage for um for Christmas shopping and things like that as well. They've good selection of shops and they're all within the one area. And, you know, the council is literally just across the bridge. And that's run by the town council. So it just shows that county councils can make a going good and it's open all year round. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, we have a, a listener message in from uh, Pat. Um, and I'll read the message out, actually. It, it's a really good question. And uh, I'll be actually looking for advice from the listeners on this one as well. He said, hi, guys, my wife and I are just after picking up our new camper in Germany. So I need to order new stickers. So I've sent those out. Hopefully you got them. Uh, Pat, if you did, let me know. Hopefully COVID allowing, we plan to head south for a few weeks before picking up a few Christmas markets on the way back. A question for you and your listeners is about data usage. I currently have a 20 gig allowance on my phone contract, which is fine, but I would prefer a router with a SIM card in it. My question is, who provides unlimited or the most data when traveling in Europe? So keep up the good work, lads. Uh, Best regards, Pat. So what Pat's asking here is, you know, you're going off across Europe. You've got your SIM card in your phone, using your phone as a hotspot, or you put it into a router like what you do, Aaron, with the SIM Mm -hmm. card. You know, I would imagine watching Netflix or Amazon Prime or or Disney Plus or any of those, you know, you'll burn through that um, 20 gig allowance, you know, fairly, fairly soon. So what plan? I would imagine he's probably talking about an Irish plan because there could be options if you're going to be spending a lot of time, say, in France, where you just buy a local SIM card. But what Irish plan will allow you to have the most data when you're traveling across Europe? Now, I did a little bit of research, Aaron, mm-hmm. and the SIM plan that I came across, I use some of those web pages, you know, like um, that checks the, the costings and who gives you the best deals. Yeah. Uh, and um, one of them pointed me towards uh, the Vodafone Red Unlimited or Red Unlimited Max plans. So they seem to allow you to use your same data plan abroad in Europe, same that you have at home when you're crossing Europe as well. Mm-hmm. So in the in the cases that I gave you, the Red Unlimited or the Red Unlimited Max, both of those have unlimited data in Ireland. So, you know, I would check with Vodafone first that there isn't something in the small print which is uh, counter counteracting what I'm saying, but yeah. according to what I saw on their pages, that you can use all of that data when you're in Europe as well. I'm on the Vodafone Red business plan for my phone, the office phone and Deirdre's phone, and that is unlimited data. But I have never looked to see if it's unlimited when outside of the country. And on the watching Netflix and stuff, I actually watched four hours of Netflix one one night or maybe overnight, and I used eight gig of data. So yeah, you wouldn't see 20 gig go if you're in France. It, it, that is, is, is data totally different to roaming charges? That's all done away with now, I think, in the EU, isn't it? Roaming charges, just the call of a, a the, the cost of a call or the cost of a text. Yeah, so there's like roaming for calls and text, but then there's data roaming as well. Right, so the okay. amount of data you have when roaming. So the wording that the Vodafone have on their plan details 
they say like at the top it says unlimited data and then they tell you the, what the, the download speeds are and unlimited calls and texts to any Irish mobile, unlimited texts and calls to European mobiles, full access to your plan. This is the bit that I gather is what they're saying, full access to your plan when roaming across Europe. So you've got, you know, the full minutes, the full Yeah, that's what texts, I would read out of that. And the unlimited data as well. Now, but like you say, it's again, worth making check the, the call terms and conditions, check, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you guys have been away and you go away regularly, especially now with, with COVID restrictions being lifted, please do get in touch. We'll give you the contact details. We would love to know, do, as you mentioned earlier on, maybe you do when you get to France, if you're going to be there for a month, you just buy a local SIM and then it's the same. You get unlimited data within the region of France. So maybe that is an option. Yeah. And maybe some of the listeners have another plan. You know, I was looking at the, the GOMOs and the 48s, you know, the, the low cost alternatives, but they're very restrictive in terms of data when you're abroad. So, you know, uh, if somebody knows of a, a better plan out there, we'd love to share it with the listeners. And not only that, I changed from um, a SIM card. Remember, I was using the the uh, router and then I went to 48 last year because you had suggested because I was watching as I said, I was using up eight and 10 gig over a weekend. No problem, especially a wet weekend. I was watching TV. The 48 that SIM card will not run in a router. So I had to actually use an old phone as my hotspot in the camper van, whereas my Vodafone SIM that I was on originally did run in a router. So bear that in mind. If you're just using an old phone as a hotspot, you're laughing. But if you plan on using a router like I used to, certain SIM cards will not run in a router. So that's just a, I suppose a request for help from one of the listeners, Pat. Um, if anybody has any additional suggestions, we'd love to hear from it. Aaron, Charlie, me. Charlie and me, this Friday is stop two on our winter trilogy. Last week, we were in the trading post in Wexford. This Friday, we're at a brand spanking new campsite that only opened this year, Mountain Forge Escape, just outside Clonakilty. Absolute beautiful campsite, beautiful young couple that are running the campsite. And I'm really looking forward to heading back there. If not this coming summer, definitely the tail end of next year because it'll be then two years old. They literally only opened in June, July of this year. So this Friday, 9am, youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog, stop two on our winter trilogy. Then we'll have stop three, two van build videos, and then the final video of season four, which is the weekend that we stayed in Blarney. So that'll be coming up in about four or five weeks from now. You've been busy, Annie, aren't uh, Yeah, great look, to see. looking forward to heading out again. So I will, and I'll let you know in future podcasts if we do get away to what campsites are open, because I like to just get away. I'm enjoying the getting away midweek, Chris. Now, I know the campsites are empty. It doesn't look great on videos. OK, this time of the year, a lot of them are going to be empty anyway because it's winter but i do love getting away the tuesday wednesdays and thursdays to do the trilogies so this is stop two of our winter trilogy mountain forge escape in clonakilty and speaking of reviews tony was on um actually we dedicated the last show two weeks ago to tony he was on again but he was on our sister website campsitereview.com we have a forum there it's free and it always will be now tony in september was in France, one of the first people that we know of to get away, escape and get away. And he left us a very, very detailed uh, review of the two weeks, the, the week, 10 days that he was away. Now, I tried to read this, Chris, but the French names just have me. So how about we either split it or you just do it? Uh, sure, a bit of fun. I'll have a go at it. But uh, 
uh, bear in mind this is going to be very much the Irish pronunciations and <laughs> in some cases I'm just going to make up a name that I can't, if I can't say it. So if you can excuse that, I'll go right ahead. So Tony says, um, so just as a summary taster, we covered just under 3,000 kilometres in two and a half weeks in September of this year. Delighted to be back on the continent again. Irish ferries overnight, Dublin to Cherbourg, and then a drive to Chateaudun on the Loire for night number one. Chateaudun Municipal on the banks of the Loire, lovely site, great facilities and reception, ideal easy walk along the river and through the woods fields uh, down to the village itself. Uh, it's got a shadow, cathedral, grotto, town square uh, for cafe and eateries. Day two was at a camping uh, Hotopia in Claremont in Ferrand. A lovely drive, D slash N roads most of the way and a lovely relaxed time at the pool up in the mountains. Sunday night meant bar and cafe uh, on site was closed, but the local pizzeria delivered easy enough. Beware the sat-nav directions to this particular site. So that's the site, Hotopia. So day three, he said the perfect drive and highlight to uh, Viaduct de Maleau, uh, a structure I'd always wanted to visit. I stopped to explore and admire before heading on to Argelis Sur de Mer on the Med. Eight nights at Camping Les Creek, the Portellis, told you I warned you guys, um, didn't disappoint, but not enough water taps around the site. Terrific setup set and facilities with lovely trail walks and the Pyrenees and sea mountains all around. Uh, the journey home began with a drive through um, Carcassonne um, and up to the Pyrenees to Lourdes, camping La Forêt. Easy walk into the sites and the restaurant, bars and lots of other attractions. Nighttime owl activity in the forest was deafening, but added to the tranquility and serenity of the place. From there, we took the long drive over to camping Le Tidi on the lake of Lacanel a place where we stayed at many a time and interesting to see the landscape um, become sand dunes and then pine forests, then freshwater lake. The site is now called Snow Village, Lacanau, and will definitely return one day soon, a special place for sure, right in the pine forest. And our pitch fronted directly onto the lake itself. We then drove north up the coast, more sand dunes and pine forest, to Verdun, sur mer and took the short ferry over to Royan, and up to La Rochelle and returned, and sorry, then turned left for St. Martin uh, de Rey. Delighted to secure the last spot on a municipal site with a short stroll to a lovely harbour, port town of St. Martin. Sticking with the islands, we uh, we had a night then on Normortier, uh, another Hotopia site right on the beach. Then sadly up to St. Marlow, camping Della site Delet, a lovely site overlooking the harbour itself and great atmosphere, stocked up on shopping for the return home next day from Cherbourg. Picnic lunch on the way at a France Passion Dairy Farm and upgraded to a suite for the return crossing, so relaxed in style overnight back to Dublin. Lots of happy memories, sights and experiences. Can't wait for June 2022. Great well review there, Tony. I'm sorry I made a complete mess of all the pronunciations, though. No, it sounded absolutely beautiful. One of the places where he went while doing the islands, um, Il Dore. I love San Martin Dore. Myself and Deirdre went there on our honeymoon. And then we went there two years later and I booked the exact same pitch in La Ocean, the campsite where we stayed on our honeymoon. 
Um, they gradually, that site, La Ocean, is very big. There must be 300 pitches on it. But when we got there, only a third of the, the sites were open and our pitch wasn't. And when I explained to the girl when I got there that we had been there two years previous, she opened up that section and we had that whole one third for ourselves for two nights. But it's absolutely beautiful. If ever you get to France, it's worth heading down one to La, from, from La Rochelle. If you're heading down to Le Mans Saint-Michel, you have to go there when you're in France, but then head to Ilderay, head into St. Martin. It's an absolute beautiful trip. But well done, Tony. I am not one bit jealous of uh, what <laughs> Chris has just read out to us. Um, so look, if anybody have any reviews, email them to us or put them up on campsite review and we read them out on the podcast. We love to share more campsites. We're not going to be able to get to all the campsites ourselves. So we, uh, we rely on you guys to, to share your stories with us as well. It won't be from lack of trying to get to all the campsites ourselves. Products, tips <laughs> and camping hacks. This is good new stuff. Tell me about it. Yeah, just a, a bit of a heads up over the next coming weeks. Um, the guys at CampingStuff.ie have sent us a, a few products from their store to try out uh, and review. So we're going to go through some of those. We've said we just give them a shout out this week. You know, if you're interested in picking up any motorhomes, caravans uh, and camping stuff, you know, head over to the site have a look great little site i think for christmas presents mm-hmm. you know for the, the the camper fan in your family i'm sure uh, there's always one more enthusiastic than everybody else in every family uh, regarding the camping as well so it could be a good opportunity and look their delivery is very reasonable at 5.95 or free for over 60. so um you know I, the guys that run it uh Edeline and co are, are very much active motorhomers themselves um, so they they know, you know what they're stocking there and what what you can order. So look, check them out, uh, campingstuff.ie. And as I said, next week we'll have the the first of the products to to chat about. Yeah, and what we're going to do is when we review the products, some of them we'll make a video of. So when we're reviewing them on a Wednesday, we say, by the way, head over to Charlie and me on YouTube. There's a video of said product. Not all the products will make video coverage, but any of them that we can, we will definitely follow up with reviews on a Wednesday. Usually, possibly the Wednesday we review it on the podcast, we'll throw the video up on our YouTube channel as well. So it's campingstuff.ie. They have a fabulous selection of everything and like chris said great christmas present ideas there so check them out at campingstuff.ie now, you have some information of, here Aaron, about your next few videos or plans yeah well something that's going to come up on wednesdays because we want to keep the youtube channel going over the festive season and a lot of you have got in touch with us and i was just mentioned earlier on that nicola was on to me over the weekend about camping layouts and how many styles there are hundreds of different types of camping layouts camper vans and motorhome and caravan layouts from U lounge, bump beds, two bird, four bird. So what I did today, I headed off to Pat Horror Motors and I borrowed three vans. I got a two bird, a six bird, and I got a two bird van, a six bird motorhome, and then a, a motorhome that's suitable for a couple with a fixed bed down the back. So over the next couple of Wednesdays, we let you know when we're doing it. I'm going to pop them up over possibly through the month of December on Wednesdays. They're only eight minute videos, but it's just to show you different layouts of different vans if you're thinking of buying over the next couple of months or whatever, just to give you an idea. They are very, very basically the same. A motorhome is a motorhome, but different needs suit different people. Yeah, and you'll find, you know, as you traverse through your camping life, you know, what layout you want when you start off would probably be completely different than the layout you want when you're finished. So it's nice to, to know what some of the options out there are, you know. 
I mean, when I started with my first van, which was a home build that I, I bought from a buddy, and it was fine, it was just myself and the missus. But the next van I bought was a big now six berth. <laughs> it was just me and my dog. But it was the only one that was available at the time. And they were dirt cheap 20 years ago when I was buying them. And then I think I went from a six berth to a four berth. But now the last three vans have been very, very similar. Definitely the last two. And I've got to be honest, Chris, I stood in a van today and it's the first time in a long time that I've stood in a van and I went, oh, my God, this is one of the vans that I actually review. And I made a mistake in showing Deirdre the video. <laughs> and uh, I could be changing next year, which isn't a bad thing. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I definitely looking forward to seeing those and seeing what the options out there are. Just uh, moving on, just a bit mo- more regarding the product tips and camping hacks section. Um, I came across a, a pretty decent web page today in my search, actually, and uh, I, I was happy to add that straight on to the, the web page. I actually tweeted this out today as well, if anyone wants to have a look at it. But uh, it's a website called camperking.co.uk but they've got a, a little hidden section in there at, and the webpage for that is guides.camperking.co.uk so if you go to guides.camperking.co.uk it'll take you to a whole world of information mainly targeted towards the VW transporter uh, type people but loads and loads of how-to videos like for example they've got a video up there um, on the power management systems a video on different diesel heaters, a video on how to fit a popped off roof thermal wrap or um, how to maintain your leisure battery, how to use and set up like a rock and roll bed, how to use gas lockers and gas, how to set up a, a, a brunner or air awning. You know, that's just a a bunch of articles there. It's like a, a, a blog, but, you know, really, really useful. Um, guides and articles on everything kind of how to's and building and conversions and fine tuning and even just kind of using, you know. And of course, some of the th- even though it's based around the transporter and the T6 models, some of these things you may be able to adapt or give you ideas to use towards your own van or your own caravan or your own motorhome. So it is worth checking out. And it's guides.camperking.co.uk. Yeah, worth a, a things to do well. while camping. Now, we touched on this before, but you want to get back onto it. We we did this things to do while camping during the summer. And one of the things was orienteering. And I sat back and said, yeah, not for me, but you've got some more information <laughs> on it. It's a little app recommendation. So uh, a lot of people who've done orienteering will know that the proper orienteering events, you're given like a, a, a electronic tag that you put on your hand or your wrist. And when you get to each of the controls, you kind of check in. Well, there's kind of a new app, which I think is going to revolutionise orienteering. It means that the organisers don't have to go out and put out controls all over a forest or a mountainside or a recreational park or even a a, a town or a city. This is completely all done within the app. So you can set up teams, you can set up events, and basically it enables a form of orienteering that uses your smartphone app for punching and timing which avoids, as I said, the need to put the flags and, and the units out. The app itself, it's its a new enough app. It's called Map Run 6, and it's available for um, Android and for um, iPhones as well. So it saves a lot of time and effort for organisers. Uh, and courses can be left open for ex- extended periods of time. But, like, you could just turn up, you know, for example, um, 
you could turn up in your in your local forest, whatever. And if there's uh, an orienteering previously run there, those grids will all be there, so you can have a little orienteering competition among your friends and uh, try it out, or just go and run the course yourself, as well as using it in in official events too. You know. It's the way technology is going when you see things like that. And it, as you say, it saves the organisers a load of time going out, putting up tabs or having people standing at checkpoints. Absolutely brilliant. So it's um, is it a free app? Is there a, is there a fee, do you think? No, it's free, I think. I'm pretty sure it's free. Yeah. So it's Map Run 6 if you want to go to your play, your Google Play Store or wherever you download your apps. Uh, might be worth, worthwhile for you. Again, not for me. That's why I sat back and left it all to you. <laughs> It's worth checking out. It might take a little bit of getting used to in terms of navigating the app, but it's you can download the maps and everything to your to your phone as well, which is great. Now, something I think we might have touched on last week again, the, the week before last when we were doing the Tony show was uh, Tony had suggested us trying to get together maybe at meets or something for selling stuff that we've all congregated in our garage and our attic and our sheds. Um, I got on to the guys that designed, redesigned the campsite review website, I was having problems setting up a swap shop page, but basically it will be done in the next week or so. So if you go on to campsitereview.com, there will be a tab for swap shop. Now, we're calling it swap shop, but you can buy and sell stuff. However, we are just providing the platform. If you buy something and spend the money on PayPal or whatever way you do it, and you go to the thing and it's gone, do not blame us. We are just going to supply a platform on campsitereview.com if you've got stuff that you want to get rid of, either true sale or if you're looking for something, somebody might see it and say, oh, yeah, we've got one of them. We'll have that set up within the next week or so at campsitereview.com. Go onto the forum and we'll have a swap shop there. But we are just providing the platform. If you spend your money and the stuff isn't there, do not come crying to us, please. But everybody has really good quality camping stuff yeah. that they they're not using is probably sitting in their garage or in their attic or in their in, in a shed somewhere you know and putting it up on the site will give them the opportunity maybe to swap it for something that would be useful to them you know and it's win-win for everybody as well so i like the the idea of the swaps and if something's for sale as well look something expensive obviously you're not going to give away unless you swap it for something of equal value but you know uh, free is always good aaron or swapping you know yeah, and we all we all have something. In fact, I'm going to do a clean out of the shed. And because I did the two van builds, the van build and the project too, there might be stuff that I have. I know there's stuff that I have left over that is of no value to me. And I'll gladly put it up there as well. And if people want it, maybe they're partaking in a van build either now or soon. By the way, if you want to get in touch with us, you know we do love to hear from you guys because you give us the content for the shows. And if you want some of our stickers, they're free. We need your name, your address and your postal code. And please do give us your messages, your ideas, your campsite suggestions, product reviews, or if there's something you want us to look into, or if you've got a comment on anything that we've been chatting about in this previous podcast, please do get in touch with us. Uh, to do that, Chris has all the camping details, the contact details. Yeah, our webpage is thecampingcrew.ie. Our email is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at the camping crew. On Instagram, we're at the camping crew podcast facebook you'll find us in all the good motorhome and camping groups forum wise we're available at motorhomecrack.com boards.ie
And of course, we mentioned campsitereview.com. We have a forum there. It's free and it always will be. Every Friday, we've got a brand new video at youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. And don't forget to check out the guys at campingstuff.ie. There could be some ideal Christmas gifts there. If you happen to see us out and about over the festive or winter season, please do drop over and say hi. From me, Aaron, virtual, stay safe until this day, two weeks. And it's goodbye from me as well, Chris. And if you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and to tell your camping friends all about us. Well, that's it for another podcast from the camping crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping. Mm-hmm.